Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Hello, Freedom sisters and listeners. It is 2021. I think some of us have limped into 2021. Some of us have cartwheeled into 2021 and catapulted. However you arrived in this year, I am excited to let you know that the Freedom Challenge online will continue. We want to continue building a sisterhood with you, continue telling you about the wonderful things that are happening in Freedom Challenge and throughout the world. And if you do not know about the Freedom Challenge yet, you can go to our website and learn a little bit more about us. The Freedom Challenge is a movement of passionate women dedicated to freeing oppressed and enslaved women and children all over the world. And how do we do this, you say? We do this by participating in physical challenges that test our limits while raising funds and awareness to combat the dark social injustices and to set women and children on a pathway to freedom. And this month actually happens to be Anti-Human Trafficking Month. So this is a great opportunity for us to just talk about what happened through Freedom Challenge, especially in a year like 2020. You know, how did we accomplish our mission? We had to go about it a very different way. And believe me, it required resilience, creativity, rebounding, lots of conversations, and most importantly, a a anchored and deep faith and trust in Christ Jesus. So today, joining me is Carice Williams. You've heard her before on the podcast. She is the program manager of the Freedom Challenge. And today we're just going to have a conversation about those efforts. You know, what did our challenges actually look like this year? They were very different than the ones that we usually do, as I'm sure many of yours were. And we want to just share with you some of the lessons that we learned both personally, but also through the ministry and the way that all of our faith has been deepened through this last year. So with that being said, I want to welcome Carice, and Carice, just share a little bit about yourself, and also we'll just start out with, like, what were the highs and the lows for you in 2020? Wow. Thank you, Tracy. I am so excited that we find ourselves in a new year. Uh, 2020 was a year, I would say, that was full of expectancy It was my um, second year into Freedom Challenge as a staff member, and my first year was full of challenges and mission trips and a very um, packed and exciting schedule that was also my expectancy for 2020. And then quickly into 2020, we had to do a pivot. So You're not kidding me, girl. It was a pivot. It was an extreme pivot that I think the, I would say like the first few months of 2020 were just like shock and like, hold on, like, let's wait and see. But I think overall, personally, and also um, as a ministry, we were able to kind of like lean in and make those pivots. So 
for me personally, 2020 allowed me to kind of let go of um, a lot of that control that I'm used to, a lot of that planning, a lot of like what I plan is going to happen and really just one, trust in the Lord, knowing him, reach out to him um, anytime that something isn't going as planned and, and make me kind of come back a little bit into like humanity, humanity and humility and um, embrace it. So I think I've become a little bit more flexible. I thought I was doing really, really good. And then a few weeks right before New Year's, a lot of my vacation plans had to change last minute. And I thought the Lord was just laughing at me. Just being like, you thought you were there, but there's always a reminder that, you know, there there is nothing really in our control and that there is virtue in being flexible and adaptable. Yeah, I've I've actually watched you as as your friend and as a colleague, really, because the thing I love about you is the structure that you provide and sort of this just predictable framework that you bring to things and watching you really bend with what was happening in the world and sort of be in this place of hope, even in the midst of uncertainty, has been a really beautiful place of, of growth for for at me watching you. So um, good job. So I suppose I should probably answer the question too. What what was my low and my high in 2020? Because for me, it's 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 interesting, Crease, because I feel like they're both one and the same. Like my my high was also my low. And how you may say, what does that even mean? But before I hit 2020, I had sort of this tip off whether it be intuition or the Holy Spirit or just a sense that the year was going to be one of, a, I knew it was going to be one of transition and sort of rest and healing. I approached 2020, um, some of you may know that are listening and those of you who don't, my husband and I have been pastors for 30 years. So on March 1st was a transition from that particular assignment of, of pastoring and that local rhythm in community in that way with people. And so that was, I knew that that would be happening would require a lot of adjustment and um, just, you know, walking through that change. But also, Chris, you remember um, right at the same time, like we transitioned March 1st, March 18th, my father unexpectedly died. He did not die of COVID. He died um, of pneumonia and, but we didn't expect it. So here I am, you know, approaching 2020, knowing that it would be a time of transition, but not realizing that not only would I be um, transitioning um, a lot of my life's work, but the loss of my father, whom I was very close to, adjusting with my mother, and then a worldwide pandemic. And all of that we've all faced, which includes homeschooling our children and travel bans and all of the lot. So really, my low is all of that, but also it's my high because it's in those places of change and suffering and shaking that I have found such a nearness of God. You know, I've explained this year to a lot of people as like it's a cocoon for me, like a place of just kind of rest and waiting and it's almost like God created and utilized the circumstances of this world. He did not cause them, but he utilized them to work together for my good. So they almost created a cocoon for me, like a quiet place 
in the midst of a time of needed rest and transition. So again, the high is the low, but I've been reflecting a lot on Hebrews 12, you know, where it's talking about we serve a God who um, has an unshakable kingdom. And this is in Hebrews 12, verses 25 through 29, but it's really talking about how the world will often be rocked with circumstances. And it feels like we're just being shaken. And so often this year, I've just felt that way, like I am being shaken. But then when I look at this passage and I encourage the listeners to go ahead and read it, it's in Hebrews 12, like I said, 25 through 29, it talks about this shaking and how we are a part of an unshakable kingdom and that it brings us to this place of surrender and control. And what I love that you said, Chris, too, is this place where we realize that any control that we thought we had is definitely illusion and we have to go deep and find our place in um, his love. So that's my high. That's my low. They're one and the same. And um, I, I leave... I leave 2020 feeling like I'm not limping into 2021, but a little bit more of a cartwheel. Like I'm ready. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I feel like we all kind of are coming into 2021 with the, we are appreciative of 2020 and what it taught us, but it's time to, to move forward. Yeah, it is. And it's this tension, um, that I, I, the only way I can explain it is we are all having to learn to live with the tension of the unknown yet with hope. And that's, that's an interesting place to be. Like, how do we, I feel like, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong or add to this, but for us to not make any plans for the future feels like we're lacking hope. So it's good for us to actually make plans. And, but yet there's this place of surrender of living in this tension of the unknown, not knowing what will actually happen. And, you know, I'm thinking about that scripture in Proverbs where it says, you know, man will make his plans, but the Lord will order our steps. So it's been interesting to watch the organization and us individually sort of step into those places of making plans yet living with hope. So I think as the Freedom Challenge, as our team and stepping into it, and even for the ladies that had registered for the challenges that we had in 2020, not only were um, those challenges like Cactus the Cloud and Jesus Walk Israel, um, you know, postponed several times, but I really loved how, nevertheless, like every time we had to send like a, an update email of like, hey, guys, we still don't really know what the future holds. But at the moment, we're going to have to postpone, you know, a few several months. Everyone just was willing and um, accommodating to that. And I think that is a part of like the fact that we were all in this together, which I think is a term I heard a lot in 2020. Um, and, and it just kind of put humanity in like this place of unity um, in some senses when 2020 and other senses did not yeah. feel that way. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. There is this place of sort of collective and shared grief and loss and connection back to we are all human beings 
And what are we going to do with that fact? Is it going to cause us to um, adapt, be resilient, be flexible, be more compassionate, be more empathic? And it, I, I feel like in, in terms of the team, the Freedom Challenge team and the ladies who have participated, that I saw a lot of that. It was just quite interesting to see how easily people were like to open their hands and say, we trust you even as we move this event for the third time. <laughs> you know, we're going to still keep advocating. We're going to still keep training in faith, in hope, knowing that we make our plans, but the Lord will produce the outcomes. And I really have enjoyed watching that within Operation Mobilization. And for those of you who are listening, the Freedom Challenge is a ministry of Operation Mobilization, a phenomenal, long-lasting, very rooted, has gone through many shakings throughout the years, and has lasted. And watching OM really find their way through all of this tension while still keeping momentum and hope. You know, Chris, I mean, think about how intense it was for us to, we, our team was have, has always been mobile and virtual, but the whole organization, I mean, what did, what did you think about that? I think it was a huge, um, um, new undertaking for OM. I think it was done well and gracefully, I think one of the biggest changes were um, the form of like community that was, you know, already established between like prayer meetings and like how people got updates all had to switch into virtual. And I think that they did a very good job of making that trans uh, transfer over. But what was really cool is just like seeing all the people that are digital nomads and like all the people that like this was not the way that they worked having to kind of reconfigure and being able to like help each other out and things like that. So overall it was, it was many things. It was exciting. It was sometimes comical. (laughs) It was um, just, I think good overall. And I think now that we're kind of like in this rhythm, we understand the pros and cons of it, but the biggest pro is that we found a new way of making community. Um, Yes. It's so funny. I remember a couple of times throughout this year, just, you know, some of the older team members trying to make the journey onto Zoom and that, can you hear me? Can you hear me? All of that. Um, Yeah, sometimes comical. And even for our team, I mean, we, I have two, we have two new, new team members, Salette and TT, in which I personally have never met except through virtual world. I mean, and it's working. Our hearts are staying tied. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely working. I love our team meetings. Um, but yeah, it was that strange realization of like, wow, like we, we haven't met <laughs> face to face um, and just figuring out ways to, you know, build our relationships. Um, current circumstance. That shows you how God has made his image bearers reflecting dignity, but also just the ability to be resilient and adapt. It's it's quite remarkable to watch up close. And so some of those ways for our team, and I want to celebrate with you, and we already had a celebration with our team. A virtual celebration. (laughs) 
Yes, we had our virtual celebration, but the fact that we made our fiscal goal without really any challenges. We made, we actually overachieved our fiscal goal, which in and of itself is amazing. And even in the midst of all that happened, you know, OM collectively, not just Freedom Challenge, so both OM the larger organization overshot their goals. We did too as well, Freedom Challenge. But we had a COVID relief fund that is still actively going. And as of now, we're just shy of $2 million raised for that COVID relief through 1,048 different um, partners. That's just remarkable. I, I really want to celebrate that with you. And I know you can share a few of the other ways that you saw um, just, you know, how the year ended up and and how we had to change things up. So I think one of, I've, I've mentioned it before, um, but one of the most exciting things as we pivoted as a team, we were thinking, okay, we don't have, you know, our challenges. We're not going to see the majority of our sisters this year. Um, and we were thinking of like, what's a creative way that we can still build on our community, our sisterhood, um, still let people know what's happening within Freedom Challenge. And we started this podcast. We and we just we we just kind of pulled it out, right? Like it was just like, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, and to think that like, you know, we did a whole year of podcasts, and now we're going into this um, upcoming year is is very exciting for me. Um, we have, what, 20, 28 episodes that we've already yeah. recorded? Yeah. And 3,000 downloads of content, which I don't know that we would have had that many um, stories and testimonies that would have gotten out except through this podcast. So that was that was pretty cool. And, and, and kind of unexpected, because if I remember, you and I had talked about doing a podcast at the end of 2019. We were like, you know, we should do this. Try it out. And we had planned that we would start in March, not knowing that there would be a pandemic. And that's, again, it intersects where we make our plans, but the Lord orders our steps. Like God was ordering our steps as we made our plans going, oh, they're going to really need this. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was definitely a Holy Spirit inspired idea. Yeah, it was. And um, and then, you know, for the whole year, we had all of these regional challenges planned. We got to get one done. It was a Colorado snow sh- snowshoeing event in January, which was fabulous, by the way. And that was it. And then we had this one. And, you know, I just celebrate this group of women. There's a, a wonderful woman named um, uh, Jill who wanted to do what she was calling our My Challenges, where you and a group of friends do something that's already organized. So she had planned in 2019 to do the Try Challenge and raise $20,000 for um, the cause. And so we were excited about this. And again, the Try Challenge was canceled over and over and over again. It was an existing local event. And by the time we got to the end of the year, I love what Jill said. She said, our women are still raising money and they're excited to be a part. We're just going to do our own event. And Carice, it was so special. I know I sent you guys pictures, but 
these women, there was 13 of them, showed up. Their husbands were there cheering them on. They did their swim. They did their bike. They did their win. Or excuse me, they did their run. And then they had medals. And they just put on their own triathlon. So again, talk about adapting and finding a way. It was just so inspiring. So inspiring. Thank you, ladies. Try freedom. Thank you. Try freedom. You guys are our heroes as well as all of our participants. But I think it's a part of, that's one of the things that I'm starting to see like with the sisterhood that we have with the Freedom Challenge is that like all these challenges that we've done in the past has given us this ability to just be like, all right, like this is another challenge. It's very differently than what I expected, but we're going to persevere. And I think that even goes, like crosses back to our fields and hearing the stories of um, how they overcame so many of their 2020 challenges was also really inspiring. Um, For example, in Moldova, which we actually had a mission trip um, there planned this year, that um, not only was a mission trip canceled, but the event that they were actually going to have in Moldova for a boy, a vulnerable boys and a vulnerable girls camp, that was canceled as well. But the team in Moldova was resourceful and they used those funds that they already had planned out to be able to provide food for over 350 children for a whole wow. month. Wow. Yeah, that and it's remarkable having been to Moldova uh, the children, the dire position that families are in, that's a, that in of itself. Some of these kids are getting, you know, no solid meal a day or maybe one. So that bringing security to the environment of the home and to the families is, is really beautiful. And also we heard about from Zambia and love Zambia. Zambia is a country in Africa, for those of you who do not know. And they have a project called the Tabitha um, Sewing and Skills Training. There is a beautiful woman named Farron who actually, Carice, is on our Freedom Challenge Live this weekend on the 16th. She's one of our guests. Yes, she's one of our guests on the 16th. And so they have a program that's a development program for women who are um, oppressed or marginalized and need a skill set to keep them from walking down some of these uh, pathways that are destructive to them. And so it's a very successful project. Well, they ended up making 7,000 masks while teaching the women through these patterns how to do that. So they were meeting a need as well as still keeping the ministry going. And all of these masks are used for funding for these women and, and their life, giving them a giving them a life with dignity. So um, it's, it's amazing how people find a way. Yeah. Even in Greece and in Bangladesh, where there is an increase in um, the number of refugees, and I think refugees are, you know, particularly a group that's we know is marginalized, but is even at a higher um, increase of being vulnerable to human trafficking um, in all sorts. And what I loved about these two ministries in Greece and Bangladesh is, um, even though they they had to like reconfigure the way that they did ministry, they focused particularly on 
these refugee populations that I would think for the most part would would have been ignored. And they were able to um, not only provide them with the, the needs that they had, but also build relationship that I know um, ultimately in the future is going to have um, yeah. such an impact. Yeah. And it's interesting how, you know, we say that we want to disrupt the cycle of poverty. And when someone's belly is not filled and their basic needs of just, you know, food, shelter, water are not being met, they are, you know, that's a population that is very vulnerable to trafficking in all forms. You know, you hear about the terms of survival sex, you hear about the terms of, you know, trickery in this, but food is the basic need that a human needs and without it can be driven to some places that they could never have imagined themselves being in. So those are beautiful. I also want to mention there was one early on uh, report of a country in Europe, which I I will not mention, that has a very um, hands-on work in the brothel. And one of the biggest brothels in this particular city was shut down and actually used as a place for people to, um, a shelter. So that was pretty, that was pretty amazing as well. So good stuff. There's so many more. And Carice, we're going to be sending out the annual report in the next, what, month? So those of you who are listening will be able to see in written form and passing it on to your supporters as well as just being encouraged about what has happened over 2020. And then now, like, as we look at 2021, I feel like we've made some pretty bold plans, keeping Proverbs 16, 9 in mind, meaning we are making our plans, but knowing God orders our steps. We are living in the tension of uncertainty with hope, with trust, taking our plans and surrendering them to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But we're still walking them out and being intentional to see the mission move forward. And so by faith, we're going to be going to Greece in the fall. We have um, a trip to Israel that has been moved a couple of times now, but we're going to continue moving forward in that. We have the John Muir Trail, which is a summer walkthrough, five weeks, um, teams of women one week each doing the entire John Muir Trail in California. And we have a handful of regional challenges as well. So we're not pulling back. We're expectant. Um, we're, We're moving forward with concrete plans. And then we surrender those outcomes to the Lord. Yes. And then um, lastly, uh, you kind of already gave a little bit sneak peek into it, but we are doing our first virtual conference, which is Freedom Challenge Live, um, that is happening this Saturday, January 16th, 9.30 a.m. if you are on the West Coast, and 12.30 p.m. is the start time if you are on the East Coast. Um, And there's so many parts to this virtual um, conference that I wanted to talk about. Part of it is we wanted to still have the heart of our Freedom Challenges Um, that we've done in the past. So we still have a individual physical challenge. Um, For this uh, 
conference. We are doing it more of you get the ability to choose what your challenge is going to be. You can either do a walk, a run, a hike, a climb, a swim. And I think that's all going to depend on um, your preference and what's available to you. But we do encourage you to do a physical challenge. And as you're doing that challenge, to listen to our latest podcast episode. Um, this episode will, one, prepare you for FC Live. It will provide a time for you to be able to take a breath, self-reflect, and it's going to inform you on the reality of um, what people are facing and what makes people vulnerable to human trafficking. And then last but not least, it's also a guide, um, and it will guide you into prayer um, as to how you can pray for the marginalized, how you can pray for our field workers, and the impact that they are having. And then the second part is on Saturday, we will actually have the conference portion of it. So everyone that is registered, they've already done their challenges. Maybe if you're a little um, procrastinator or registering at last minute, you'll hold off on your challenge. But on January 16th, you will be able to join the Sisterhood um, and we'll gather via Zoom and we'll actually hear from our field leaders, from our scholars, from women that have done the Freedom Challenge and have been impacted and learn about how the Freedom Challenge is actually combating um, human trafficking. So we would love to have you there this Saturday. If you haven't registered yet, please go to thefreedomchallengelive.com. You can also find it in our podcast episode notes and save your spot. Hmm. I hope to see many of you there. We've been planning this for a while and feel so filled with hope about just actually just getting together, making sure sometimes we're not hearing one another's stories or we're not hearing the good news. Like, Chris, don't you just feel like there's so much bad news? But at the same time, there actually is a lot of good news um, on the human trafficking front. Like there's been a lot of breakthrough and a lot of um, cases broke and um, people arrested and those sorts of things. So we want to just pull you together and keep you informed and pray to see each other and to spur one another on to continue into 2021 with hope, but living in uncertainty and balancing that tension. So Well, Carice, for now, we'll see our friends on Saturday. And um, ladies, I just want to encourage you, if you're feeling despairing, lift your eyes, lift your eyes to Jesus, find yourself in the word, take care of yourself, get outside, get with people as much as you can so that you're reminded that Not only is Jesus on the throne, he rules above all of it. And I love what Ruth, our prayer coordinator, says that we are, we gaze upon the Lord because he gives us the answers and we just glance at all of the things that are happening in the world, knowing that he is high above it all. So until next time, friends, let's continue to do good, help enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless.
Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.